Welcome to In, In It, it together. together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Hello, hello. Hey. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited. Holidays have come and go. Christmas is done. Crazy how fast that was. Yeah, it is. It's all we were talking about that, right? It was it's quick. It, all the all the anticipation of the the day and then the day is up and gone before you know it. I know. So what are we gonna talk about today? Well, we're closing out the uh this year, right? So yeah. farewell to twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Goodbye. Nice knowing you. Yeah, so this is going to be our last podcast of the year officially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think next year, 2021, we're hoping it's going to be a much better year. And I think we're going to open it up a little bit more, hopefully in 2021. Yeah, I, I, w- I want to invite, invite our listeners. I want to hear your stories. Yeah, come share with us. I know that we had the narcissist uh, that we were trying to get in uh, an interview with. I'm still hoping to find someone that's yeah. that, that's willing to come on air with us and talk about that. But just a regular, you know, any a, anyone that has a story to share. Yeah, S- stories are made to be told. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So that's that's coming up into 2021. Uh, so that I'm excited for that. I think I, I think too. next year is going to be a great year for us and a great, hopefully, a great year for everyone. Continuing on with our journey and hopefully, you know, uh, making bringing more people on the journey. You know, the journey is a lot better when you have people to share stories with. That's, you know, having a village. Yeah, we want. I want to talk about New Year's resolutions too. I think we'll save that for the next podcast. Oh yeah, absolutely. That'll we be could next talk week. about yeah New Year's resolutions. So there's a lot of uh, exciting stuff coming up, and um, I'm excited about it. What way to recap 2020 with a little mindfulness? Oh, absolutely. I think we we need to talk about mindfulness. I think, especially after the holidays. It's very important because I know a lot of several people have reached out to you, said that was yeah. a, it was a very tough holiday. It was very, very tough. And even though there were great things that happened, you know, a lot of people took my advice, took our advice. And they, they listened to the, the Toxic Holiday podcast and they said they used COVID as a way to help them create a boundary for next year. But it was still very tough for them. Yeah, that it, it's, and even though this year it was just myself and you and our two children, there were other people that weren't there this year. And you know, it's learning to just go with the punches and learning to just create new memories doesn't mean that it's easy though. And so it's great to have a level of mindfulness afterwards to just decompress. Yeah, it's there's a saying in Spanish that that's goes well, roughly translated. Well, say it in Spanish too. Mejor estar solo que mal acompañado. Okay. Which means it's better to be alone than in bad company. Yeah. So, you know, for all the our listeners out there that had the struggle of having a, a holiday by themselves, just know that, you know, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. You weren't alone because we were we were here with you. And, you know, reach out to us. Yeah, we want to hear. And, may, and maybe that would be great for our next podcast. Like, how were the holidays different this year? Talk about it. We want to hear your story because that's the beginning of your journey to healing. Exactly. We're going to talk about mindfulness. I think this is what we're going to settle in for this podcast yeah. is being mindful and what does mindfulness. And I think that plays uh, plays into it. Right. It works hand in hand, understanding, uh, acknowledging where you are and, you know, what your struggles are mm-hmm. is important to start that path of healing. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like 
Well, what is mindfulness? It's you hear it all the time. You know, people like, oh, you need to be more mindful of you practice mindfulness. But it's just this abstract term that can be so convoluted. And really being mindful is exactly what it says. It's not having a mind that's full of stuff. Being mindful helps you process things as they come. And just being aware to your feelings, aware of your triggers. And that is why so many people struggle with mindfulness, because in order to be mindful means you need to be mindful of everything, even the things that don't feel so good. Yeah. And for us in particular, right, we are this is the time where you know, we've talked about this in other podcasts, right, where with their cycles. right? Mm-hmm. Everyone has these hormonal cycles that we all go through. And uh, for me, it's, you know, I have uh, I, I deal with depression and some anxiety. And you go through your hormonal changes every mm-hmm. month, right? And around the holidays, especially because of everything, the the added stressors of the day and the people that you, we, you'd normally have to come across, that added stress always creates a second layer. Mm-hmm. Um, so being mindful of, you know, everything that you're going through and understanding that some of this stuff is hormonal and chemical within your brain and some of this is stress-related helps you to process through those times right. and helps you to understand that. So, um, again, like you were saying, acknowledging where you are is is very important. So let's talk a little bit about, like, our own struggles and how we're, you know, what, what this time means for us and how we deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked about my hormonal issues that I've gone through. And you've always said, you know, Courtney, it's not just one thing. Well, now that I've been working with my psychologist and working, I realize that it's like you said, it's multi-layered. Okay, so there is the underlying hormonal shifts and changes that happen. There is the underlying unresolved trauma that I'm working towards. And then there's my personality. So it's like, okay, what part of this is hormonal? What part of this could be trauma related? And what part of this is just me and my personality? Being mindful is what's going to help you determine what hat you need to put on so you can process whatever it is. The reality is, is that my hormones, I can't change them. And that's the toughest part. But my hormones can really dictate my personality and my emotions and really exasperate any feelings that I have going on because of the storm that's going on within my body. So I think it's just, you know, being mindful of that has been my biggest struggle. And I'm just now within the last, I don't know, few months really getting a grasp of that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, yeah, because it's a struggle we've had for a long time. Because I've asked you, I've always asked you to just be um, more mindful and, and acknowledge. Because mm-hmm. I don't want you. I understand that it's it's hormonal, right? right? Just like what my when when I fall into my depressive times, right? It I know it's hormonal. It's right. not something that you know that I have very I have very little control over. Just yeah. like you have very little control over it. I just need you to acknowledge it, right? I need you to understand. Hey. I'm going into this time and and I understand that, you know, I'm limited in certain ways, right? Mentally or yeah. um, you know, in some in, in some instances physically, right? You can't do certain things because you're not, you know, where you would normally be. Right. And that's and again, it's understanding that it's hormonal. It's not it's not a, a representation of you per se or what your abilities are. It's just are. where I'm functioning at that time. Exactly. And that was my biggest problem, right? You know, here I am. I'm this young girl we meet or whatever, and I have all these other issues. I just wasn't mindful. And what I'm realizing is now that I'm practicing more mindfulness, I'm realizing that being mindful was painful for me. 
because that meant that I had to deal with the unresolved stuff. That means I had to be mindful of why I had certain behaviors as an adult and that they came from and were because of certain things that I had gone through. And it wasn't like you were asking me, hey, don't be hormonal. It was just like, hey, just recognize that you're hormonal because then it's not as bad. You know what I mean? It's not this wave of constant issues that I'm dealing with when I'm mindful of it. And for the first time today, I actually wake up and I'm mindful. You know, usually it's like, hey, are you okay? Uh, What's wrong? And that sets me off, you know, to like no end. Yeah, because I have, and we talked about this on the previous podcast, right? The micro expressions. I can read you <laughs> right from the beginning and I know that something's wrong and, and, and it's a trigger for you, right? Because I can see that something's wrong with you. I say, hey, what's wrong? And then now you're triggered because like, oh, you know, he's noticed that something's wrong with me. What's wrong with right. me? And then it's it's that But I've been practicing, exactly. And I've been uh, practicing. And, and also that comes from an anxious thing too. It's like you, you're not, a controlling person in a negative way or like in an abusive way. You're controlling of your outside environments because that's just part of your trauma and that's having control over and making sure things stay cool, calm, and collected. So when you can feel that I'm like out of my mind or I'm not feeling well and I'm not acknowledging that, that triggers you to say, I have to control this situation so that it doesn't get worse off and not because of any other reason, but it feels yucky to you and you also know it feels yucky to me. So you're having to balance giving me my time because I need my time to not feel pressured or triggered that I have to be in a certain place. And now that I've been provided that time and I'm taking the time for myself, I'm training my own brain to do it without someone telling me. And that has been amazing. Like this morning I woke up and I'm like, okay, I feel it. I feel that cloud right behind my eyes. I'm not okay today. But I'm going to be okay because I just said that. Wow. It was like this boom moment of you are mindful of where your mind is right now. That means you have control, Courtney. Anxiety went from a 10 to a 6. Yeah, and and that's that's amazing. And and the same thing goes for me, right? You you, you were touching on it. And I have to be a lot more mindful in my approach because, like you said, I deal with my own trauma. Uh, we've talked about this, you know, in several instances about, you know, our different traumas. But for me, it was everything outside of my control was was hectic, right? It was the only thing I had control over is is myself right. and how I process things internally. And I learned at a very young age to do that, right, to be able to internalize and, and just kind of close the outside world away. I built walls around myself mm-hmm. to protect myself, right? And it was all within me. Now, here you come and I've let <laughs> you through these walls. And you I'm be- an extension of you, exactly. which means you need to con- control that. Exactly, because it's <laughs> like I feel out of control. You know, when I see that you're out of control, I feel out of control. It's actually a compliment to me. Well, it's because we're very interconnected yeah. that way. But yes, yeah, so... And when I feel out of control, that's my first instinct is I need to get in control. And I can't control you, you know. I just you're... And you've tried and what happens? Exactly. It's, it's a disaster. Now, here's the thing. You're, you're right when you say that. Now, was my situation extremely chaotic? Yes. But guess what I learned to do? Hide. Hide. I hid. <laughs> I hid in my closet. I hid. I ran away. I spent time. I spent hours out in the fields on my four-wheeler or on my dirt bike by myself hiding, running. I, that's why, that's where my drive comes from, right? I'm mindful now. Like I got drive like nobody. I can make anything happen that I want to happen because I drive and I push. That means at times that I'm not mindful of, I can't go anymore. And I drive myself into a friggin' wall 
And that's because I'm not mindful. And I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm learning now where that comes from. And it's just crazy because, I, you know, I'm, I'm different. I, I, well, I'm, you're, now that you're mindful, you're harnessing the uh, positive, right? The, the power of your drive. Yeah, now I can Because before, it. you know, I think you were driven by the, 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 you know, your fight or flight was always flight, right? Move. If there's a problem here, I'm just move. going to move in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Where my mine was fight, right? Mine was okay. If I'm in it, I'm gonna just sit here <laughs> and I'm gonna fight my way through this, right? That's why you try to fight me and I run. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, not this time. I know. That's the yin and yang, right? It's like, you know, both of our fight or flights are triggered, but we 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 take opposite yeah. approaches. And the thing is, is that there's there's no right or wrong way. And I think that's where we're starting to learn is like, I think for a long time, I felt like you thought it's his way or it's no way. That was your fight. And that was you controlling the situation. And that's how it was for a long time. So my way was wrong. And it wasn't that my way was wrong. I just wasn't using my way to the best of my ability. Or maybe it's not because you were always right. It's just what worked for you. What worked for us growing up to get us into certain and out of certain circumstances is not conducive to healthy functioning relationships as adults. And that's what we're learning to just be more mindful. You've always been mindful to more of a degree than anybody I've ever known. And now you're even deeper because you're realizing, hey, when I do this, it's because of this. And this is the outcome of that. I'm now chipping away at it being like, whoa, I'm mindful. And I'm and you're over here like, uh, I've been mindful since I was 12 or 10 or whatever. But now I'm seeing that most people are like me. Most people are like, okay, now it's time to be a little bit more mindful. And that's why I ran away from mindfulness, I think. It's, it, was, it was a defense. Because as I've been working with my psychologist, I'm realizing terrible things that have happened to me that I have like literally stored away. They were never stored away. I just ran really far away from it. I didn't fight those things, say, hey, this was wrong. That was wrong. That wasn't you. I was just like, I'm out of here. Because the more I ran, the less people could hurt me. But it didn't do anything to what was there. And now that I'm becoming more mindful of it, mindfulness is painful initially, but then it's liberating afterwards because you realize that you have control. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. And to my point, I'm more introspective. In terms of mindfulness, I I think I still have a lot of work to do in terms of being mindful. Yes, And this is something I shared with you earlier today is, you know, we were talking about like, you know, there's theories of, of multiple universes. And I was equating that to you know, we, we live in multiple universes. You know, I can equate that in, in my life. You know, my life growing up was a very violent, you know, mm-hmm. uh, upbringing, right? I, violence was all around me. In the home, outside the home, where I grew up, everything was was ruled. There's predators and there's prey. And that's something you kind of learned right from the beginning, right? And you and that's that's where my fight came from, right? Because you you didn't have an option of being weak where I grew up. If you were the weak kid, then you were the kid that got preyed upon. Mm-hmm. And that, that was just the reality. And that's a whole other universe different than where our kids are growing up. Right. You know, my, my, my son will never have to deal with any of the things that I saw. But, but my instinct to, to push him to be tougher, right, because I've seen these things and, right. I, and I know they exist in the world, right, pushes me to, to push him a little harder than I should. And mm-hmm. I, I realize that now, right? And that's about being mindful about where I am now and where he is now, opposed to, you know, dealing with everything through the lens of my own trauma. Right, where you were. Exactly. 
it's funny, you know, we, we've, we've trauma parented. We've parented from our perception of where we were and saying, I'm not going to allow that to happen to my kids. Well, that's not going to happen to your kids. That's not where your children are. I don't want to traumatize my kids. I don't want to add to a level of anxiousness because I read this study the other day that said that children who are raised by mothers with depression have extreme levels of insecurities and anxiety. Now, granted, I'm, I don't consider myself having depression. I have mild depression at certain times and I feel down and I feel blue, but I wouldn't say that I have a clinical, you know, acute diagnosis of it, meaning, and when I say acute, I mean severe depression, right? I would say that it's situational and I would say that it, it depends on how I'm feeling. But there's also studies that say that children who are raised by anxious mothers develop those same tendencies. And the funny thing is, is that females share a lot more similar DNA in the nervous system to a mother than, uh, you know, a son does. And the funniest thing is that my son is more like me than my daughter is in terms of that. And so what I'm noticing is, is that I'm giving him what he needs right now which is what I needed back then, but differently. So when I see that he's anxious about something, I know how to jump in and I know how to talk to him about it. Yeah, and understanding you to a much higher level has helped me deal with him because, I, you know, again, the, the parallels are there. He's very much has your personality, right? Right. He is, he's, you know, he's a, he's a mini you in a lot of ways, right? He is. So, so yeah. He's so, 11 today, by the way. I know. Happy birthday to our big man today. But yeah, like learning to deal, learning to deal with you, and that again, that takes me back to what we, I was saying earlier, right? Understanding how you are and how things affect you helps me more efficiently help him, right? And and raise him, you know, and parent him because it's and not different. Parent the smaller version of yourself, exactly. Uh, unlike our daughter, our daughter is a lot more like me, right? She's a lot more feisty and. She's, you know, you can, yep. it, 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 it's a lot of different things roll off. It's of funny her. because you can raise your voice to her and she'll just kill, she'll just kill you with silence. You know how she yeah. does that. She's like, she can shut off, but like, mm-hmm. not our son. Our son's not like that. Yeah. He's a, he internalizes exactly. it. Exactly. So yeah, it's, it, and, and again, this is all goes back to being mindful, understanding mm-hmm. where you are, how you are, and then understanding how to apply that to, you know, your surroundings, to everyone that you interact with. It, even with yourself. Right. And the funny thing is, is that our 11, I've been calling him 10 for so long. Our 11 year old is, is learning mindfulness. That's what we're teaching him. You know, when you're feeling like this, this is what's going on. And this is how you can explore that. And so he will come downstairs after he's had some time to process something or something has affected him. And he'll say, you know, I realized this. I probably shouldn't have felt like that, but this is what happened. I mean, he's 11 years old. At that age, I did not have that level of ability to be introspective at all. And I'm still learning that part, but the mindfulness. And I think that that is so important because when you're mindful, it doesn't take away or absolve what's going on. It doesn't remove any responsibility for anything. It just gives you a little bit of insight so that you can process it the right way. Like, am I feeling this way because this is what really happened? Or am I feeling this way because this is what I felt happened? And then knowing the difference between the two helps you process that. If you believe what happened was true, but it really wasn't and it was skewed because of maybe how you process things from trauma, then you're going to have this unresolved anger towards someone like I would have towards you. I'd have this anger and I'd be upset with you because I felt you said something or did something. Now that I'm more mindful, I can say, well, that's not what was happening. It was this. So how I would have normally felt about the situation goes away because that's not clearly what was going on because I'm more mindful now. Mindfulness really helps you be able to dissect 
those aspects of yourself so that you can just process through life accordingly. It doesn't change what can happen. It just helps you deal with it better so that you can become stronger. Yeah, so I think we touched on a lot. We gave a lot of examples and showed a lot of the benefits of being mindful. So how do we become more mindful in our everyday lives? Well, I guess the first step is realizing I'm not mindful. Like, what just happened? Like, if you see yourself repeating the same mistakes repeatedly over and over, you're not mindful of what you're doing. And you're not processing what you're doing. And you're not coming up with a plan to not happen. So at some point, I remember you saying, at some point, Courtney, well, I've hit that some point and I'm learning these things. I And, and, and it's something simple. I'm going to give a very simple. Every day that I go to get my vitamins, the shit falls out of the cabinet. The vitamin bottles are falling everywhere. I'm not mindful of that. I just put everything away and put it up there. But I'm like, hello. Literally the other day I was like, okay, I'm mindful that this is an annoyance. This is an aggravation. This is taking time from me. And so I'm like, hey, I need you to help me find a solution to fix this. Like it's being mindful of small everyday things to bigger things like When you start to realize that you're having an emotional meltdown or things are bothering you more than normal or you're losing your patience or you're saying, I just need five more minutes. I just need five more minutes. That's more on the emotional end where you can learn how to be more mindful. And it's taking the five minutes instead of complaining to actually go sit with yourself, taking a deep breath, doing the belly breathing like you taught and saying, what is going on with me right now? Why do I feel this way? Being mindful is just asking yourself questions. So ask yourself more questions. Yeah, I think that's where it starts, right, is is acknowledging those things, right? Acknowledging, you know, your struggles on the day-to-day. Everyone deals with stress. You know, everyone has stressors in their life. But it's it's very important to, you know, to, to center yourself and do the belly breathing or do any type of centering exercise just to get your mind to mm-hmm. get out of the moment. I think that's important, right? Because right. once you get out of the moment, because feelings and emotions are strong especially, you know, anger, sadness, these are strong emotions, right? That can overcome anyone. I, you know, I'll I'll readily admit that anger is my strongest emotion, right? Mm -hmm. And when I get angry, it's tough for me to get out of that, you know, mode, right? It takes over. Exactly. So I need a, I need a moment to step back, to reflect, to, you know, do, do some breathing exercises and just recenter myself and say, why am I angry? Mm -hmm. Why, whatever happened, why has it, raise me to that level right and sometimes as i will admit sometimes it's it has nothing to do with what anyone did it has everything to do with hormonally or chemically i'm not where i need to be right you know so these small little irritations that would normally just roll off my back all of a sudden are amplified and we've talked about this right when i right. when my when my time my depressive anxiety time starts to hit me that's that's my first cue right is wow, you know, this normally, uh, on any normal day, mm-hmm. it would have been a, a, a basic aggravation. Now I'm just at level 10, I'm, I'm irritated, I'm, I feel irritable. Again, just being able to center yourself, acknowledge where you are and, and how are you dealing with the situation and should you be this upset over that? Right. Should you should, be? Is this valid? Exactly, because sometimes it may be, you know, sometimes... You know, maybe it's a, it's something that you've been dealing with for a long time and it's, you know, there's nothing that's been resolved or whatever the case may be. Sometimes you are, I don't want to say justified in being, you know, overly angry, but maybe you're justified in being overly sad or, you know what I'm saying, feeling mm-hmm. however you're feeling. But you're not going to know unless you're mindful. Exactly. You have to be able to 
step away from the situation and really assess it from third party perspective, basically. Right. You know? it's, it's taking a step, you know, outside of yourself. And I know for me, like my hormones, I cannot control. I have PMDD. I have post, you know, menstrual dysphoric disorder. Like my PMS is through the roof. And a lot of it was just because my, you know, hormones are unbalanced and trying to figure those things out. And I don't have control over that. What I have control over is taking those five minutes in the morning when I opened my eyes to say, how are you doing today, Courtney? I'm not feeling so good. I feel like I have a veil in front of my eyes. I feel cloudy. Like I'm blind as it is without my glasses, right? It feels like worse than that. Like it feels like what I see when I take my glasses off, but behind my head, this cloudy like veil. And I'm like, okay, it's here. Now, more often than not, I would panic, right? But I didn't panic. I was just like, well, you know it's here and you can't make it go away. You can just acknowledge it and just let the people know around you. And I knew the first thing I needed to do was to let you know so that because I'm an extension of you, you were going to feel that. And it's only fair to you. It's like, I love him and I feel valued that I'm part of his himself, but I need to let him know. And that's why at the table, I was like, well, you know, and there's no shame. There's no shame in feeling that. And I, and I was going to feel that way. And I'm like, what am I feeling shameful about here? Like, it's just how I feel. And there's nothing I can do about it. The only time he would ever be upset with me or you would be upset with me is if I was hiding it. So because I was mindful, I didn't have to go run in my closet in my head and hide because I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And, and that helped me, right? Because it helped it, it relieve my anxiety, but it, it allowed me to be able to help you through that right because i know that you're acknowledging to me that that's how you feel and it's when i have when it comes out of me that it's you know what's wrong i know that that's that's what it triggers me and that that you know creates that snowball effect right now i'm triggered and i'm triggering you and then you're triggering me back because you you know right. again you're feeling and, and, I, and i want our listeners to make sure they're understanding that i am not responsible for my husband's triggers and that you shouldn't walk around eggshell saying i can't do this and i can't do that because i'm going to trigger that person because that's how some people would process what we just said, because I know the old me would. So I want to make sure that the old me and the old me's out there understand that that's not what that is. It's having respect for myself and having respect for my partner, that I know that this is going to trigger him and it's not controlling it, but I know it's going to help the situation. It's also going to help me. It's coming from that perspective versus if I don't do this, then that's going to happen perspective. Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good point because she's not responsible for my trigger. Of course, you know, she can only do what she she can do for herself. Right. Because she knows, again, she knows that by processing that to me, then I can more effectively help her or I understand where she is. So I can kind of temper my approach a little bit better mm -hmm. for her. So I'm not more of a trigger for her because she's already in. I'm a already in a state that is fragile <laughs> and not even fragile, but. I'm just emotional and I'm hormonal and the holidays, there's a lot of unresidual, there's residual stuff that even though I process things and we talk about things, our bodies have memory, our cells have memory. And, you know, it takes a little bit for my body to let go. It's the energy. Our bodies carry energy. And so, yeah, so I'm dealing with that. I'm dealing with that. I'm dealing with that. And I wake up and my mind's probably just overloaded. And that's the veil that I feel behind my eyes as my body and my brain is tired from having to process so many different things. And so, yeah, it is helpful to say what I said to you, being mindful of that. And then you were even more mindful of, okay, she may not feel okay. So I don't need to feel anxious about that. It's her stuff. But she's recognizing that it's her stuff. And now I can be more supportive to her. And then you're helping. And you're still helping to control your outer environment without being controlling of it. It's really a win-win. 
but I'm mindful and I recognize that there are going to be times where I might not be as mindful because I'm still working on it. And so you might have to say, hey, are you okay? That may trigger me a little bit, but I need to not get defensive. And I need to say, you know what? I don't think that I am because you're asking me. Or if I am okay, and I've done it. I've been like, I'm fine. I think you're just fixating on me. I just need to just try to be mindful of how I'm feeling so I can communicate that. It's, it's, it's a behavior. It's, learn, it's learning a new behavior. Yeah, definitely. And what I want to also, uh, something that you kind of brought up that we, we should touch upon a little bit about is, is shame. Right. That's a part of being mindful of knowing mm-hmm. where you are and dealing with certain things that you that we both deal with. Right. For you, it's shame. And we're talking about the holidays a little bit so mm-hmm. we can it, it encompasses mindfulness. And let's talk a little bit about you know, like the shame that you feel and where that comes from. We can talk a little bit about my guilt. That's kind of what I feel. Mm-hmm. And, and these are things that we need to be mindful of. Right? right. So I think it'd be good to include them in this mindfulness talk. Right. Yeah, Because being mindful of those things help you. And help decreases it. Now, you said, you know, shame. I I didn't realize this, but I have significant (laughs) levels of shame underneath. Although I feel like since I've been working through it, it's it's a little better. Little bit, you know, little by little. And I realized that the shame comes from my childhood. It came from the fact that every person that was in my life who was supposed to love and protect me assaulted my character and assaulted my body. And so by doing those things... I just constantly had these underlying issues of shame. So when I don't feel well about something, I invalidate those feelings because there's shame. You know, it's just constant shame if I make a mistake. And like, I made a mistake. Like, I'm human. Like, humans make mistakes. But there's shame. It's just this constant level of embarrassment and shame. And so now that I'm more mindful of that it's shame, that was number one. Now I'm more mindful of tracing it back to my childhood. That was number two. And now I'm getting specific about finding where the shame comes from. That's number three. I can apply those things as an adult now. And I can understand that I don't need to carry the shame of others because I didn't do anything wrong. And being mindful of that is helping to alleviate what I've carried for all these years. Yeah. And to piggyback on that, uh, how it's really been very detrimental to your growth because of that shame, you're you have trouble because that's such a strong emotion for you. Right. When you do something wrong, Mm -hmm. instead of acknowledging it right away, you're so focused on the shame that it takes you away from the real work of fixing the problem. Right. Or fix coming up with a solution to, you know, whatever it is that you did because you're so focused on the shame of it, right? That emotional response is so great for you that you're so keyed in. And we see that with our son, right? The same same kind of things, right? Where he, if he does something wrong, he feels so much shame or he feels so emotional Mm -hmm. about what he did, about, you know, oh, I did something wrong. He's feeling horrible about himself opposed to just saying, oh, well, you know, I made a mistake. Everyone makes mistakes. And let me learn from my mistakes so I don't make it again. He's just so wrapped up yeah, in the fact because that the shame is so overpowering. Exactly. And it's funny because yeah, I don't want to say it's funny. I don't want to say that's stupid. It's like, oh, let's have a great time. This is funny. No, it's not. <laughs> but it's it's weird because I never looked at it as like being shameful. Like I didn't realize that I grew up with so much shame. I didn't realize that shame drove how I responded to mistakes or lessons in life until recently. I didn't realize like 
until one day something happened and it was like, I couldn't look you in the eyes. I didn't do anything wrong. Like I literally just like miscommunicated something or just didn't do something so well. I mean, human things like human error. I felt so much shame that looking you in the eyes was like painful. And I remember feeling additional shame on top of that shame for feeling shameful that I couldn't look you in the eyes. And it was this compounding. It was awful. It's so awful. But now that I understand where that comes from, now I'm starting to get angry. Like I'm, I'm angry at the people. It's specific people for shaming me. And then I get angry at myself because I'm like, I let this little two bit person in my life break me down so bad when that person was nothing and felt nothing of themselves. And what I'm learning is never, ever again in my life will I ever allow someone who does not like themselves convince me to hate myself. I will never allow that again. And that was shame. Yeah, well. And you got to that point because now you were a lot more mindful. Mindful of open that up. Yeah, of everything. Because before my mind was just full, a full mind, you know, mindful, right? Being mindful means picking apart at that stuff and emptying it out. And this is why most people run away from mindfulness. It's painful. It really is. But just painful on the top layer. You know, when you get a cut. You know, a paper cut hurts worse. I, I swear, paper cut hurts worse than when I rolled my ankle. It just, but the deeper that you cut and the deeper you get in, there's a level of numbness because you're used to it. So you just got to keep going to where the emotions no longer control what you're doing. That's the best way that I could explain it. At first, it was that paper cut of just pulling away and being mindful of what was going on. It was like, oh, ripping off a Band-Aid. You know, that's the most painful. But as you go le- layer and layer and deeper and deeper, there's a level of numbness that comes where those emotions no longer control you when you're full uh, when you're when your mind is full of the good stuff and not just a full mind it's just i don't know it's just it's mind-blowing for me because it's really made a huge difference in my actions and how i process things yeah and for me like i'm dealing with a lot of guilt especially mm-hmm. around this time and right? what does that come from though like for you trace it well for me it's yeah for me it's uh it comes from a level of loyalty right like i feel a, a level of fealty toward you know people that hurt me because they're and and i'm sure other of our listeners have the same especially now that we're talking about the holidays xing out a lot of these toxic family members right it's the same thing you have this level of loyalty to your family and that's it's, it's something that's ingrained especially in the latino community right your family's your family Blood is thicker than water, and they're always that you're you're supposed to do everything. And a lot of those those relationships are toxic relationships, right? Those are the people that put you through the trauma that you you're, you're working through now, right? And again, we've talked about this, uh, you know, in in our past podcast. You know, I my mother is a classic narcissist, right? And we we, we were talking about this earlier today, actually, about people taking credit for the things that we've done, right? So for me in particular, you know, we've broken, we've both broken the cycles of our traumatic past, and we're working towards towards that. We've done that in spite of our parents, not because of our parents. And mm-hmm. my mother will be the first one to try to take all the credit for how I came up when she really doesn't deserve any of the credit. Everything everything that happened was in spite of her, not because of her. So it's important to to re- to recognize that, right? And it's important to be mindful that, you know, again, these are toxic relationships that didn't add to you and actually, you know, leaving those behind, moving forward without these toxic relationships are going to make you better. So, you know, you have to 
alleviate that guilt Mm -hmm. of leaving those. And and again, you know, hopefully those this is exactly kind of what's happened with you. Right. Your your relationship with your father, your father was a very toxic person in your Mm -hmm. life for a very long time. You put you've established clear boundaries and you've allowed him to come back into your life and you have kind of a productive uh, you know, a working relationship where you both have an understanding of where and those boundaries are right. and where not to cross. And then you, you you can still have a relationship with your father, even though, you know, he is one of these uh, toxic individuals that. Yeah, he added to my life on, on a toxic level when I was little. He contributed to a lot of the trauma I went through, whether it was accidental or, or unintentional. Um, I know his intentions weren't always to hurt me, but they did. And you're right. I set the boundaries for him and these were my expectations. And we went 10 years. I went many years not talking to him until he could get to that point. But he did. He respects it. If a conversation comes up and he knows he's not supposed to have it, I put my boundary in. He accepts responsibility for that and we move forward. People will, you know, boundaries are just that. They're individual lines and they tell people how they treat you. And you can't have guilt for for taking care of yourself. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I struggle with, right? It's that guilt of, you know, here's these are my family members, you know, my mother, my brother that aren't in my life anymore. And I've chosen not to put bring them into because they're toxic. And they've you know, we've I've tried several times to set boundaries and then set. You know, I want them to be better as well, but they have to want to be better for themselves. Right. And then if they can't do that, then I have to protect myself and do the best that I can do for me and my, and my family. Yeah, exactly. And guilt's a tough thing. I mean, you I saw that on your face the other day. You know, if you get a phone call and you, you don't answer it, it's just, it's tough. And the hard part is, is you're dealing with people that are intentionally trying to trigger you and it's working, but you're also trying to maintain the boundaries. And then you feel guilty because you feel like, oh, you know, I, sh- I should do this. I should do that. And that's how you lived your entire life. But it doesn't do any good. And the reality is, is that you remove the responsibility off of their shoulders to try to be a better person when you allow them to break through your boundaries because and then in their mind, they're not doing anything wrong if they can still communicate with you. So in essence, you really are doing what's best for them too. Yeah, you, you nailed it. I think that that was, um, that's clear cut. Yeah, I think that's that's how it is. And the, and the shame thing is, I wish it was that clear cut too to, to, to process because it was, it was different. But I have to, you know, you have to tell yourself if you're carrying shame as... You cannot carry the shame of the mistakes and faults in in issues of other people. It was not your bag to carry. You know, we all have backpacks, I say, and our backpacks are full of what it needs to be full of. It's okay to stop every once in a while and check in on someone and see how you're doing, but you don't unpack. You know, put your backpack down and allow them to shove all their shit in it so that you can walk off. You know, I'm learning to not unpack. I'm, I'm learning to keep my backpack on my back and just keep what I need to carry in there. The shame of others just alleviates the guilt off of their shoulders. When you don't call people out on the things that they've done to you, when you don't let people know, I see you, I see you for what you did to me and you're whatever for what you did. It allows them to do it to somebody else. And I think that that's the point where you have said a thousand times, you know, I've, I've said it to my mother a thousand times and there's going to be a day where I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to really tell her because I don't think you've really got to that point. And you've said things, you know. And I'm not sure I'll ever be able to address the people that instilled the guilt to me. And I'm not sure that I even want to. Just addressing it within myself is is key. And just realizing that I don't need to carry guilt. I was a child when all of that happened. And you don't need to, or carry shame. And you don't need to carry guilt because, yeah, you know, family and, you know, like you said, in the Latino culture, 
but they sat and watched. Everybody knew what you went through and nobody did anything to help you, you know? So there's nothing to feel guilty about. You're just valuing yourself. And it's telling yourself this is being mindful of I feel this way because of this. And then processing it is is where the healing happens. Because each time that that guilt or that shame comes up and you're mindful of it, you reparent yourself. You talk yourself through it. That wasn't your fault. And eventually, just like your, our bodies have memory and our cells have memory, our brain's going to start remembering that. Our brain believes what we tell it. Yeah. And it's it's about creating new habits, right? Because this is it's all a habit, right? We yeah. talked about on the previous podcast about training, retraining that subconscious because it, it's a habit, right? So our responses are habits. And the mm-hmm. only way to break a habit is to create a new, better habit and reinforce to it. it. Exactly. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think I could have said that better. So, I mean, in terms of mindfulness, I think the the best thing that you can do is just realize that there's a lot of underlying issues and spend more time with yours. Everybody can be more mindful. So this isn't the podcast for someone to be like, eh, I'm already mindful enough. If you're listening to this, then you do have the ability to be more mindful. And you can start putting these little things into practice that we've talked about, just spending a little bit more time with yourself, asking yourself more questions. You'll never get to the point where you're like, I'm so mindful, I don't have to be more mindful. The more mindful you are, the happier you'll be, the lighter life will be for you. And it's just, it's a journey. You're, you know, it's, there's never a destination. And, and I think that that's what people expect, that they're just going to wake up one day and they're going to just be healed. They're going to wake up one day and be so mindful. No, but you will wake up one day and be a little bit more healed than you were the day before and a little bit more mindful. It's a journey. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It, it's all about the journey and not the destination because yeah. there is th- this is there is no destination right. to this. Right. There's always another level of self-improvement. Mm-hmm. There's always something you can learn from someone else. And like, like I said, we, we do this. We're constantly on this journey. Right. I'm constantly looking at, OK, what what's the next thing that can push me to another level? You know, whether it's like meditation or like another a different technique, whether it be like breathing or you know, meditating or self-reflection, there's always something else that you can learn, learn from yourself or learn from someone else that's doing something a little different that might work for you. So what works for me may not work for someone else. So you have exactly. to find what works best for you and how what works to help you acknowledge those things that you want to change and how to and techniques to how to change those things about you. Because let's be honest, this is this is messy work, right? Not a lot of people want to look in the mirror and say, oh my, you know, this this is who I am and l- look at all the things because it can be overwhelming sometimes, right? To look and say, there's so many things that I want to change about myself. Um, where do I start, right? It's just one at a time. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you, approach it in that way then it becomes easier and you see that you know one thing triggers something else that'll trigger something else and then you'll be on your path and you'll be you'll be well on your way to getting to where you'd like to be and i just want to kind of end this that i want you guys to take a moment to and and we're going to be mindful in this moment to show some appreciation to our brains if you think about it our brains protected us for so long from some I mean some of us have recreated new personalities within ourselves our brains have gone beyond to try to protect us in survival mode from our trauma so there's no shame there's no guilt we should not be calling ourselves stupid we are not our brains are not so I just kind of want to leave it you 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 nailed it some things that work for you aren't going to work for other people for me spending time alone 
be reading books. I'm obsessed now with reading books on healing trauma and then uh, still obsessed with Sandra Brown. She's like my favorite author. I love reading. That is a point of being mindful because I am I'm like going to my own little place. I'm relaxing. I ask myself questions after I read books. You have to find do things with intention for yourself. Like I'm doing this right now for myself and nothing else. That's being mindful that you need some time. A lot of people make it so complicated. Like, how do I be mindful? Like, and and what do I do? It's, It's literally like you just said, it's just one tiny little thing at a time. And yes, it is extremely overwhelming at times, but it's so, it's so worth it. The journey's worth it. And sometimes you gotta just pull over for a little bit and take a rest. You know, you don't have to be in go mode all the time. And I think what the most important thing that I want to leave our listeners with is that these what we give you is are just techniques, right? And what you read and what you well, you know, if you go on YouTube or wherever you get your information or wherever you go, whether it's books or online, these are just techniques. The power is within you. The the ability to better yourself is within you. It's not us. It's not some guru. It's not, you know, some religious practice. It's within you. You have the power to change yourself. Those are just suggestions and techniques. That's exactly that's all you can. Exactly. So, so I leave you with that. That you know, the the ability to change and be a better version of yourself exists within you. You don't need anyone other than yourself to get to that point. Learn from other people, learn from others' experience, because that's what we're doing. We're just sharing our experiences, our journey, so you can create your own journey. Exactly. So, guys, remember, it's never, ever, there's no shame in asking for help, and we all need it every once in a while. So I just want you guys to know, if you're not following me, you can follow me on TikTok. It's ask.courtney. If you're on Instagram, it's askcourtney underscore. And you know what? Like we were talking about with the holidays, um, you know, coming to an end and 2020 coming to an end. We want to hear your story. We want to hear your improve, your big improvement moment from 2020 or what you learned or what your plans are moving in. We want to hear your story because stories are made to be told. So email us at podcast at epiphany e-p-i-c-p-h-a-n-y media.com and we look forward to hearing from you yeah we'd love to connect and hopefully maybe you'll be a guest on our podcast for 2021 yes that's awesome take care everybody as always we're all in this together so stay safe till next time 